Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the 25th chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew chapter 25, I'll start reading at verse number 10. I'm sorry, verse number 14 of Matthew 25. If you'll follow along as I read out loud. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that hath received two, he also gained other two. But he that had receiveth one, went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter now into the joy of the Lord." He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he came to the uh, which had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown. And gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have. Receive my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Very clear what we see in this particular passage of Scripture. It's not take, doesn't take a lot of description to understand that the Lord was not pleased with those that did nothing with what was given to them. We find people that would put money into the stocks and uh, perhaps put them down at Wall Street, and uh, maybe they got some Apple stock or they've got this or that, and they they watch that stock market. Why? Because they have something invested. And so they will watch that to see, to see what the return is on their investments. Or on their investment, just depends how little or how great it might be. But they will expect that they're going to receive something, otherwise they would not have placed it into the stock market. They do expect some kind of return, some kind of usury, some kind of uh, 
increase in the money that they invested in the stock market. I used to follow the Chicago Cubs. It's not really worth anybody's time to do that, but probably ne never, never has been once in my entire lifetime, perhaps. Uh, but the Cubs, they would recruit ball players over the years. And every year you go to the preseason and you see the new players they've acquired and you watch the first game and boy, you've got high hopes for these new guys that they've got that maybe, maybe we got the team this year, right? And normally we don't, but we look with what, there's some expectation these new young men or maybe a, a, a player that's well known that they've played, played much money for. And we go with some expectation that this player is going to get some base hits. They're going to hit some home runs. They're going to be a good fielder. There's expectation for this player to do something that is going to help the team to win. Your employer hires you, or, and you are hired with an expectation from your, your employer. And as you understand, most everybody's working in the room. You understand there's a certain expectation that employer has for you. And he expects that because he's hired you and he's, he's paying you to do a job, he has an expectation that he's going to receive something in return for the money that he's going to give you. It's an expectation of you put something, invest in something in you and in a paycheck, and you are bringing him a return. He would like to think that he's going to get more money back for your employment than what he's paying you. He needs to make money at it. It's not just a, a wash, but he needs to be able to make money at it. And so there's an expectation in many areas of life to where we invest and we expect a return. And our Lord is, making, is drawing a parallel here and a parable that he is, is speaking to them in that of this Lord that had invested and given talents. And we see where the one had received five and he doubled that. He brought back ten. One had two, brought back four. And then one that was in fear and he just buried it and there was no return. And we see how... The Lord is not pleased with what he calls an unprofitable servant. To say that the Lord Jesus Christ has invested us heavily is a gross understatement. He is giving everything, investing his blood, living a sinless life, coming to this earth, dying on a cross. I can't imagine any worse possible suffering than something of the nature of dying on the crucifixion but has given his all for us and has brought to us salvation. And this parable is letting us know that God has an expectation for us to be profitable. We see here in this passage, we have, we have profitable servants and then we have the unprofitable servants. The Bible speaks to us and tells us that the harvest indeed is plenteous, but the laborers, are few. Why would God say that in the word of God? Because there's a lot of, lot of laborers, but he's not seeing the harvest that he would like to see out of the laborers that have come to know him through Jesus Christ, come to know him through salvation, and are part of God's family. And he would speak of us in this context as laborers in the field, who we, who we are. Miraculous opportunities that we have received is knowing Jesus Christ at all. Most of the world does not know Christ as their Savior. Much of the world has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here we sit in the 
United States of America where the gospel flows freely. We celebrate the Christmas holidays. We see these, the verses on buildings. We see crosses. We see churches. We see endless things that tell us that there is a Christ. Yet we find a nation that has turned their back on God. We as believers, may we understand that God has purchased us with the blood of Jesus Christ and that there is an expectation that we will be profitable servants for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When you even say that statement that we work or we're, we're the children of the King, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, what other prophets in life would we like more to make than that? to invest in the Lord Jesus Christ and to his ministry and his work of saving the world. What else could we do with our lives that would be more profitable? I realize we're not talking about full-time Christian ministry for most people. I was in the secular world working most of my life. And so I realized that not, and everybody is called the ministry. I had the privilege to be in ministry later in life. But that doesn't come to most Christians. But God has a work, has a plan, and an expectation for all of us who have received the gospel of Jesus Christ, responded to it, and have trusted him as Savior. Don't miss your opportunity. We all have the opportunity, but don't miss your opportunity to be a profitable servant because we will all face him someday. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll give an account. And as this parable tells us, there was an expectation of the Lord that there was going to be some profitability in the servants that he had hired. In our case, servants that he has given the gift, and we have received the gift of salvation. And now we make up the laborers in the field of our Lord. Don't miss your opportunity. In a church like this, we have an amazing group of people that diligently serve, work, give, it's just an incredible amount of time that goes into the service of the Lord Jesus Christ through Gospel Light Baptist Church. And I, don't, I, I really don't know how many people are engaged in ministry, but it, it's, 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 a, it's a giant group of people that have some responsibilities or things that they do, that they get engaged and they bring a profitability to the Lord's work in the service of the Lord. You hear announcements like trunk, trunk or treat. Maybe, maybe you can't always do the things, but maybe you can do something there. Maybe that's something you can decorate your trunk. It's not a, not a super big expensive thing to do, but decorate the trunk and bring your car down and, 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 and take, take responsibility for you know, handing out candy to children. And uh, it's just amazing what we can do with these, with these events like this to bring people to church, get them familiar with where we're at, get them the gospel and so on. So we, we have a lot of opportunities here that everybody can be involved as a profitable servant for the Lord. Are you saved on your way to heaven? Then we have some responsibility. The word of God is going to be preached in this place week by week, every Wednesday night, Sunday school. People go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. There's so many places that you can put time into that are going to bring you into a situation where you face your Lord that you're going to be a well done, thou good and safe, faithful servant because of the profitability you have extended just tirelessly at Gospel Light Baptist Church. And I believe the Lord's going to reward folks very, very well, those that have served him faithfully over the years. You're going to see the Bible openly read and preached in this place. What a blessing it is. 
But the reason it happens because people are giving, people are making sacrifices to help this ministry go forward. It just doesn't happen automatically. The church uh, is, is generous to our staff and, and myself, and it's because people make sacrifices and are, are, are bringing profitability to their lives by giving to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes you can look at it and you, you find yourself, you just... You don't find the joy of the Lord in your heart. Do you find that in your heart? Sometimes you maybe look at that and say, Pastor, I just, I don't feel like I have the joy of the Lord. Can I, can I tell you something? If, if, if you get more involved or you get involved in something where you're, you're giving and God may give you that joy. Sometimes you find yourself, you're just not in a profitable situation to the Lord. And it's not that the Lord's not willing to give you joy in your heart, but you just don't feel the joy because you're not engaged in the harvest field of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some this morning, I would tell you, you, we have many, many people that are in this place. Maybe you find this spell this morning, you're a little discouraged or a little disgruntled. How is that going to go for you in life? How is that going to profit? How is that going to be profitable? You find yourself in a position where there's just something in your life that's just keeping you down. Can you think about that this morning and think about maybe there's some things in my life I need to let go of because what's happening is I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not a profitable servant anymore because I'm discouraged and I'm just not, I'm not bringing a profitability to the Lord's church. I'm not bringing a profit to my Savior. I'm an unprofitable servant. Would you look at your situation? You look at your children, your grandchildren that you want to follow, you would like them to follow in your footsteps. Every one of us love to have that happen in our lives where our children are following the Lord and they're following. But they're going to see that when they see the joy of the Lord in your life as you're serving the Lord. They'll have a desire to serve the Lord as did their parents. There's so many children that we see in, in Christianity that, that don't return. They don't, they don't stay in church throughout their lives. They, they struggle to stay in church because they just have never really witnessed the joy of the Lord in their own households that they grew up in. They just don't have much of a desire for it because they didn't see the profitability of joy and happiness. Parents, grandparents, make it a big thing to your children to be able to go to church and, and the joy that you have going. Make it where they know that mom and dad love church, that mom and dad love God. They love going to church. They love being part of the church. They love the church family. These are things that are so profitable for you personally in your own family. Your children need to understand that these things are the biggest things in your life. Why? Because you want them likewise to become profitable for the Lord. And that the, the, the work of the church is not a drudgery, but it's a privilege. It's an, it's an honor to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords and to bring profitability to the salvation that he has given to every, every one of us. But as, as we find ourselves straying away maybe from the Lord and we find ourselves not doing those things that we maybe used to do and we, we look at the situation you read the scripture and, and I think as we read the scripture we realize there, there is an expectation of God that we are going to be servants that are profitable to him and so as he is, is brought us into salvation and he's brought us as children of God may, be we the, may we be those folks we have people in this church that are just Phenomenal encouragers. You think, what can I do in the church? Encourage. I will tell you, when somebody comes by alongside and encourages you, it's a great, encouragers duplicate. Be people that encourage others. You see, you see folks in church, 
Just walk up, maybe somebody you don't know, and say, man, I've noticed you've come two or three times. Man, it's really a blessing to our church. I mean, you understand it. There's, there's people all over this church that, that right now you're thinking of that you know are a great encouragement to you. When you see them, you, they just encourage you. You, you kind of like figuring out a way to walk around and go by Mr. Encourager. Why? Because you always like to speak to him or her. Because they give you a word of encouragement. Those are the things that your children need to see is somebody that is an encouragement in the church and encouraging those that are down, encouraging those that are struggling, finding those folks that they don't know and encouraging them and being thankful and grateful that they come to visit us. What is that? It's an encourager. It's so easy to sit back and not be that person that is an encouragement to others. But, but in a family of God, it's a big thing. I will tell you what, just every time, and, and I would discourage you from this as parents, but don't just be constantly running your, your child down. Don't be constantly just correction, 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 everything, everything. Boy, they just feel like, boy, every time I move, <laughs> get up. You know, you feel like maybe you're going to be in trouble. Don't, don't you know, be, be, have a home to where there's certainly discipline, absolute necessity in God's word and in life to raise children. The nurture and admonition of the Lord requires discipline. But as a Christian, make sure that you are way out loving the discipline. Let love be much greater so that your children don't see their Christian home as just a place of discipline, but a place where I was dearly loved and, and our family was a fun family to be in. And the church we went to was a fun, a fun church experience and a great experience and a loving experience and an experience of learning for me as a child that I loved going to church. And so, is, is, so don't, don't just have all, a home can't be all discipline. It's got to be a lot of joy and love and things going on in the home in order for that ch child to say, that's the kind of home I want to have. I want to be like that. I want to I go to church like my parents did. I want to be involved in that church like my parents. And this is a generational church. A lot of, a lot, we see a lot of that going on in this church. And it's, it's a great blessing to the church to have generational Christians and family and grandchildren and so on going on. And so it's a great thing to see in church is a church that is, is an encouraging church, encouragement in the homes, encouragement as we come in and we meet people and new people and we become part of the encouraging process of encouraging people to be here and becoming profitable servants. You see, Pastor, I can't do much. You can encourage people. You can do that. I will tell you, that is going to be very, very profitable. Because there's people that are going to come in discouraged every week. And if an encourager will cross their path, thank them for coming. Tell them how glad they are to see them. Find out their name. If you have the ability, have a meal with them sometime. What? Encourage them. Encourage them. What is, what is that going to do for them? It's One, it's going to get them back to church. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to encourage them to follow the Lord, which is going to bring joy to their life if they know Christ as Savior and they're following Christ. And their obedience, trying to follow the word of God and obey God's word. Are we going to be profitable in our areas of life? We can look at our jobs and we can just be the best employee that our boss has. And he can just think the world of us, or she can think the world of us. And boy, what a great employee you are. And they're, they're encouraging you, and they're saying, man, this guy's a really good, or she's a really great employee. But let's don't stop at just the workplace that our boss thinks well of us, but let's move far beyond those things. Let's move those things into our homes. Let's move those things into our church to where the church family is a group of people that are encouraging one another. All, 
everybody in the room is going to have a downtime. That just you won't you won't escape that. I was at a funeral yesterday, and it was a very sad funeral yesterday. And um, in spite of that, though, I crossed many people that I've known for years that were great encouragement. Just people I've known a long time. In spite of even a funeral, we were encouraging each other, even in those situations. Man, of course, that lost his wife, one of my dear, dear friends. And just to be there and be an encouragement to him. And, and uh, just lo loves our boys and so on. And just, but just to be there. Why? Because sometimes just being there is an encouragement. To know that that, that person knows you love them and you went out of your way to be there for them in a time of sorrow. It's an encouragement. There's all kinds of things in life that God is giving us the opportunities to be profitable. You don't have, your, you don't have to have your pockets lined with cash to be profitable. You can be profitable in the areas of life that honestly many times are much more profitable than even, even the giving. The giving, of course, is necessary to, to sustain the ministry. But to encourage somebody in the Lord, those are the things is why we're even giving to have this place. Why? So we can encourage each other. It's the family of God. That's why we meet, to be an encouragement to one another and sustain one another in times of trouble. There's nothing wrong with coming to church discouraged. But encouragers, let's, let's encourage those that are discouraged. We must have a much bigger group of those than those that are discouraged. Because discouragement will come. We won't escape it. Hardship in life is going to come. Setbacks in life is going to come. All these things will happen in every single family and every single life. But when we come to church, we need to be outnumbered greatly by those who are going to have an encouraging word. Those that are going to say, wow, I'm really glad I crossed that person's path. Because I always get a word of encouragement. I always get a loving comment. I just crossed one of my friends uh, at the funeral and just, just being around him for a couple minutes. It was just a tremendous encouragement. Don't you love people like that? Just an encouragers. The Lord is telling us to be profitable. And sometimes we think, well, that means, Pastor, we've got to give more money. That's not what it means. It's profitable in a wide, wide variety of areas. There are so many things that are going on in this church that people are just doing. Nobody ever asked them. Nobody ever checks up on it. They just take care of things in many areas of the church. And it goes unsaid, unseen. It just happens every week. But there is one that does see. And those maybe are the most profitable things you could possibly do, the unseen that nobody knows. It's the work that you're doing that is just necessary. Nobody, nobody sees it. But the most profitable thing you can do is when nobody does sees it, see it, but there is a God in heaven that sees it. And the rewards for those things that are the unseen, the unknown, but the absolutely necessary that we find in our life that we're doing for others or just a random act of help in the church and nobody notices you, nobody even knows you do it. Those are the big ones. Why? Because sometimes we do things in the church and we we get some accolades or people say, Wow, you're just you're just invaluable to church and all the you know, and, and nothing wrong with that at all. 
But those things that are unseen is the thing that God sees that you're doing from a heart out of love that are very, very profitable. Very profitable. Because nobody has given you any thanks. Nobody's noticing it. You're just faithful to the Lord and very profitable servant to him. Because he alone sees it and will reward you, the Bible says, openly. Great prophet. I don't know where you fall into this message this morning. You look in your life and you say, Pastor, I think I'm falling under the unprofitability here. And I need, I need, to, I need to move forward in my Christian life and make, make my life profitable for the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you just feel like, you know what? I can't do a lot, Pastor, but I, I, can, I can turn it around. I can be one who is an encourager. I can be encouraging people. I can be, uh, be helpful to people if perhaps they need a, just a word of, of uh, encouragement. Maybe it's just something you can do to lend somebody a hand. Just They're just in trouble. They need just somebody to help them for a couple hours. You hear that. Maybe you think, you know what? I could do that. Maybe you can help out in the area of trunk or treat. It's going to be a massive thing. And you not, can't necessarily take on an every week responsibility, but maybe you can come in for that, that, that Sunday and you can just be a, a helping hand because we're, we're going to need people with three and four hands on that day. But you, can just, but you can do something to be an encouragement and laboring in the ministry. Let's not be a people that just, God has saved us. He's given us salvation. And we're laborers, but we're not producing. Let's figure out what we can do as believers. The biggest thing that I could tell you could do, you say, well, pastor, I just have limitations that I can't do things. The greatest thing, if you find yourself in that position that's very difficult for you to help, is please do the most important work. I emphasize the word work. Give time to prayer. It is the greatest work of the church that is profitable like nothing else we can be doing in this church is praying. Pray for, pray for each other. Pray for the... Of course, the, 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 the pastors and staff of the church, but pray that God would send people. Pray that God would save people. We're going to be knocking on doors. We send out all kind of literature to try to get the gospel to everybody in this area, and we spend a lot of money at it, and we spend a lot of time at it, and it's just a, it's just a constant effort of reaching out to people, honestly, far beyond what you even know. But pray that people would see the gospel that comes to them in a variety of ways from Gospel Light Baptist Church and that they would see that gospel and they would trust Christ as their Savior. Pray that people would be saved. You say, well, Pastor, what if we never find out about it? Oh, we'll find out about it. We may not find about it on this side, but we will find out about it on the other side. And that's when we want to find out about it, is when Jesus Christ gives the rewards, and we find about all these things, all the door hangers, the tracks, the endless things that are being done all of the time, the massive effort we make through the Internet to get the gospel to people and respond to people, and, and the responses that we're getting, just an amazing amount of people calling us or going on the Internet and asking us to pray for them. Just very, very many people. And so just pray. Pray for the church. God will continue to grow it. We have a huge, huge area here. I believe it's in the neighborhood of 350,000 people. Now, we can't seat them all in this room, but we can see a lot more than what's here. 
Let's fill the Lord's house. Let's all stand together, shall we? Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. We'll be about five more minutes and we'll be leaving. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, in other words, you've never asked Jesus to save you, and you don't know that you're on your way to heaven, you ask yourself the question, am I sure that I'm going to heaven if I were to die today? If the answer is yes, because I trusted Christ as my Savior. But if you haven't done that, trust him today. It's the free gift of salvation. It costs Jesus everything, and he offers it to you as a gift. There's nothing you will ever do to earn it. You will receive the gift, or you will be separated eternally from God. That's why we exist, to tell you about that story. Let us tell you this morning how you can know it. I'll be watching right down and waiting at the bottom of this aisle below the pulpit here. Come quickly. Let us take the word of God and show you how you can know for sure that you're God's child. The altar's open, Christians, for to use as the Lord's laid into your hearts.